Welcome to episode 35 of Blue Jays Happy Hour. I'm Nick Ashbourne, joined as always by Andrew Stoughton. This is not an emergency podcast, uh, but we do have another transaction, even more minor than before, but you have to lead with the transaction. That is what the people want. Stoughton, Dexter Fowler, what is the excitement level? <laughs> it's real mild. Uh, <laughs> would be surprised if we ever see him you know, in a Blue Jays uniform in a, in a regular season game, to be honest. Maybe not. Uh, depends sort of how willing he is to to stay in Buffalo. Like he's not ready yet. I think they were saying on the broadcast today he hasn't seen live pitching in, you know since the the ankle injury. I don't know how true that is, but he hasn't obviously been in a competitive game, um, and he's sort of way behind everybody signing late. So he at least understands. You know he's not going to make the opening day roster, uh, which is good because he probably shouldn't. Um, but you know Greg Bird, uh, we're kind of everybody's penciling him into the. Uh, onto the open day roster as like the the lefty bat off the bench. He's not, you know, he's a <laughs> he's a guy who could also struggle, right? So having another you know option there can't hurt. Taking a look at a guy like Fowler can't hurt. You know, he can uh, he can run some bad routes. He can catch the ball at chest level. He can uh, he can hit a little <laughs> bit from the left side, which is a thing. Like, um, you know. Pretty glad they didn't sign him to that contract that everybody wanted him to uh, wanted them to back in 2016. That didn't really work out great for the Cardinals, uh, but he's had some good years. And uh, uh, you know, recently, and this is what I wrote about it when I, I wrote my three up thing about him uh, this week was you know his his numbers against uh, right-handed pitching have been pretty good, and, and uh, the overall line has kind of masked how the splits have kind of gone wonky on him, and he's just better from the left side now. That doesn't make him particularly exciting. Um, but you know, you never know. It could be a dead cat bounce in there still. And, and, uh, uh, he seems, you know, it's, it's nice that the, this is a team where a guy like that would, would see an opportunity and, and want to be a part of it and hope that he could, you know, catch on. Uh, it could theoretically happen, you know, hopefully, uh, they stay healthy, healthy enough that it doesn't have to happen though. Well, yeah, it's interesting you mentioned Greg Bird because that's where it kind of starts for me is that they really don't have that left-handed bat off the bench they can rely on. Uh, you know, I might even be a little bit higher on Bird than some people. What he's done in spring training is legitimately interesting. Mm-hmm. There was a time when he was a big-time prospect. And the thing with him, though, is like even if he sort of surprises and is kind of good, his body is just broken down again and again and again. So the more contingency plans you can stack for this position, realistically, I think that it's a, a scenario where they probably go get a person at the trade deadline. Uh, like they realize that that has been an issue all year, probably, and they go and find <laughs> someone. But, you know, having these contingency plans is nice. Fowler has been around the game a long time. He gives you a competitive at bat. Like he can work a pitcher. He's okay from the left side. The version of him we last saw when we saw him for any extended amount of time was, yeah, a kind of player who was quality enough to be on a major league team's bench. And if you want to do the whole veteran presence type of guy thing, like he's been around, he's seen a lot, he's done a lot. The Blue Jays still have a relatively young roster, like outside of George Springer. They don't have that many guys who have, you know, done it all, seen it all. And he fits that bucket. Mm-hmm. Uh, his outfield defense has always been bad, even when he was athletic and now he's not. So uh, I guess he's not a first baseman, so you could say that about his defensive abilities. But beyond that, yeah, I don't know. Having any expectation is silly, but you know, there's no such thing as a bad minor league contract. If they keep bringing guys on like this, 
it is a good idea when teams make their cuts. Normally, there would be opportunities there, but because we have a 28-man roster mm-hmm. now, the type of players who are going to shake loose are less good players. So those type of opportunities are fewer and farther between, which means it's more likely you want to make this type of move now, I think. Because in a different world, or like a 25-man roster world, you might actually be able to rely on somebody coming free that would have a place on this bench, even over a healthy Greg Bird, for instance. Yeah, I think that's a great point, and and you're right about the contingencies for Bird. And I mean, they've they've you know they've had, added Tapia, they've added now Fowler, um, Bird. Those are those are three bats that weren't there a couple of weeks ago, or like when camp opened, basically. Or I guess Bird has been around a bit for a little bit longer, but uh, you know when you looked at it, it's it's Reese, before that it was Reese McGuire and and Kevin Biggio, right? Those are your those were your two left-handed options. So they definitely needed to do something in in that realm. Um, and yeah, just the the more the merrier. I mean, Josh Palacios had a couple home runs, didn't look too bad this spring. I don't know that he's, you know, he's. I don't think he's the bench bat option. He's not the guy you want to be bringing into games late uh, for pinch hit opportunities. The way that you know Bird sort of takes that shape, and Fowler could take that shape, I think. Um, but it's it, it's <laughs> it's still pretty bare uh, in that sense. And I think you're right that eventually the trade deadline will be somewhere where they look to address it. There, if only there was a, a switch hitting. You know, short or uh, third baseman, <laughs> second baseman, they could have went out and, and got. But uh, I suspect, well, it, it, it didn't feel like it was going to happen uh, for a bunch of reasons. But I think also the expanded playoffs probably uh, really put the hammer in that or the nail in that coffin, right? Like that. Uh, uh, Cleveland's just too close to to really punt on the season if they're new branding and all that. So um, you want to sell a Guardian jersey. One or two, you like, like at to. some point you'd like yeah. to sell one. And yeah. if you have Ramirez, that definitely increases the chance of that happening. Although, yeah, I think even with the expanded playoffs, they're in trouble. But I understand sure. their rationale in holding on to him because there's a difference between being in trouble and having no chance. Uh, and if they had shipped him off, they would have been kind of done and dusted. Yeah, hey, they get a little playoff revenue. That's uh, that, plays, that pays for half their <laughs> their payroll at this point, like. Uh, what a disaster that team is. But uh, but yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 Very low expectations for Fowler. Um, honestly, like I say, I would be surprised if he sees the, the big leagues. I hope he doesn't because that means, you know, everybody's staying healthy. Uh, but, he, you know, he's, he's, he's a guy there and they'll see what they've got. Like, mm, it works. It was like when uh, when Vlad Sr. was, uh, when Anthopolis signed him, you know. Well, let's see if he's got anything left in the tank. And then ultimately... He didn't, and that was fine, and he went away, and we didn't really talk about it ever again. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that it would still things. be nice to hear more of the story of the Vlad Sr. Uh, <laughs> time with the Blue Jays. I don't know if we ever are going to hear it, but uh, it was a fascinating little moment in time. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I, I think that's a good analogy. It, can you squeeze the last drop of value out of player X? Uh, maybe not, but maybe so. <laughs> 36 at an ACL, I mean... Not great. That's, not that's great. Tough. That's tough. Um, one other thing that's interesting about this roster, though, is that it, it seems pretty clear at this point that we're going to be living in a three catcher world. Mm-hmm. In general, that's something that I hate. Um, I don't really like players with no defensive versatility on the bench. So you already have a Greg Bird, say. Now you've got a catcher, too. Uh, none of those guys, Danny Jansen can actually run a little bit in theory based on sprint speed, but that's never actually been, that's never manifested in any <laughs> no. kind of tangible way. Um, <laughs> right. so, you know, you're not really using any of these guys, uh, 
defensively late in games. You're not really using them as pinch runners. You're not really using them as pinch hitters. Maybe Kirk in some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, but you you kind of clam yourself up a little bit with this. And what I find myself wondering is, what's the point in Reese McGuire? Uh, and I've been fi- I've wondered that for quite some time now. And uh, that ans- that question continues to not be answered. And I realize there aren't great alternatives because they don't have a ton of great bench players available. Like we were running down the names. We mentioned Josh Palacios. Like that's where we're at in terms of <laughs> potential bench players. So that's a huge part of it. But mm. uh, it is it does seem odd to me that Reese McGuire has clung to the bottom of this roster like a barnacle for some time now. Yeah, and I mean, we all know that like Moreno is going to come up and 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 shift things, but also may not shift them away from three catchers at first as well. Like that is actually obviously a situation that they're going to eventually have to address. Um, you know, if if only Danny Jansen hit from the other side of the plate, I don't think we'd see Reese McGuire, which is you know the, the, like the, 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 the damning with the faintest of praise. Yeah, for who's McGuire. the pitcher that you would rather see McGuire face than Jansen? Even like you'd have to find an incredibly narrow micro man, like micro <laughs> matchup where it's exactly the type of breaking ball that Jansen hates, and it breaks into McGuire and the guys change up his guard. Like you could you could comb through the major leagues and find a couple pitchers you'd rather McGuire see than Jansen, but it's really hard to imagine who they might be and. It, it seemed to me there was a time when the consensus was that Maguire brought more defensively than Jansen. And I don't think that's true anymore, which makes it even more puzzling. And again, like I don't be that want to be that person who's sort of pointing out problems when there are no possible solutions. And that's kind of the situation here. But if you had asked me entering the offseason with Kirk and Jansen on his team and Moreno, like you say, on the way, is Reese McGuire going to break camp with the 2022 Toronto Blue Jays? I would have said there's no way whatsoever. Yeah, uh, and, and maybe there's still a chance. You know, like you say the, about the guys shaking loose with the you know the having to make final cuts. Maybe he's a guy who gets flipped at the end there for something that the Jays would prefer. Uh, hard, hard to see. I mean, he is a guy who could start for teams just because the bar is so low for catchers, but like. Not for good to teams. what end? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like you know, he could just absorb innings behind the plate, which sometimes that you know that has value. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously they like him. They like the defense. I think you're right, though. Like I don't, I don't have it offhand, but I remember looking through like the baseball prospectus catching metrics, and uh, you know, McGuire grades out better. But like, yeah, Jansen, Jansen fared pretty well by those, uh, uh, as I recall, like the framing stuff and and whatever whatever else goes into that. Uh, in, in, into that equation um so yeah I, I don't think that you you lose a ton by having jansen there defensively and i think that he's a guy who you know has still has an interesting bat and that's maybe like uh you know grasping at at, at, at like the ghost of of you know prospect lists past but like i still there was some stuff at the end of last at the year end, too. i mean it's so you know it's september and it's it's so small sample but you know i it's a tough position and he's got a lot on his plate to like you know to, to not focus on hitting makes sense and that 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 he that wasn't you know the the first thing on his mind and and uh, you know earlier in his career and maybe he's comfortable enough and set enough as that as the starter that he can he could think a bit more about it and and work on that aspect of his game i don't know i, I was he working with Bichette in the off season i believe um he was definitely down there and and you know all the best shape of his life kind of stories uh you know were, are still filtering out in this compressed uh spring training but yeah i i i 
I don't really know why Maguire's here. I mean, maybe it's just a contingency for Kirk. Like maybe he eventually is not. Uh, you know, I think you know. I think you got to give him a bit of run too. And and I think he seems to be. You know, he's not ever going to be perfect defensively, but he seems adequate enough that they can use him. Um, and yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I just I think they really do like him. Um, Unlike how he works with the guys and, and, and all of that stuff. But um, really, really the first guy to go, I would say, you know, as soon as you need you know, something, something has to change. Something else in any direction. Yeah. The Kirk part of it is interesting because, as you said, you want to get this guy some run. Like he's a young guy. Uh, his ceiling is not particularly high defensively. You know, there are some physical limitations associated with him. Uh, we don't need to hammer on those. That's well established. But when a guy's his age, like you do want to get him reps to some degree. And it looks like the way they're set up with these catchers now, you know, his reps are more easily attainable at DH. And mm. that's not a disaster because he, he can be a good enough hitter to justify some at-bats at DH. But at the end of the day, it is tricky to be putting a player in. Like they kind of rushed him from the very beginning because they needed him. And there were mixed, you know, mixed returns on that. Generally, he has been productive, but like, has he been a player that's really like pushed their team forward in a significant way? I don't know if you could say that, uh, you know, bigger picture, maybe they would have benefited more as a franchise from having him get more experience and develop more defensively. And now we're going even further down that road because it seems unlike he's going to get the opportunities. And last season and in previous at the end of 2020 as well, they really liked pairing him with Robbie Ray because he seemed to have a connection with Ray there. And maybe there is a pitcher in this rotation that's going to be, oh, okay, that's the guy we can get Kirk reps in the game with. But it's not clear who would that, who would that be right now. Yeah, I was looking actually at Manoa, uh, who uh, Kirk caught today and, uh, and here on Thursday, I suppose. And uh, he, caught a, he caught Manoa a bit last year. McGuire did most of it, but wasn't really Jansen as much. So maybe that's, maybe that's what changes. It, people noticed uh, the inter inter squad game or inter squad game there uh, earlier in the week. They had Kirk catching Gosman, and they had Tim Heineman played in the, the the Grapefruit League game. So I assume Jansen caught Ryu uh, as he tends to do. Uh, maybe that's a guy, or maybe that's just they wanted to take a look at what Kirk and Gosman would do. Um, there, you know, there are ways to do it, but yeah, I, I think you're right that he, the opportunities are going to be limited. They're going to use Jansen a lot. They're going to use McGuire sometimes, you know, for some reason. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, and, uh, and and the DH opportunities are going to be a little bit limited, too, because, you know, you've got you know, Santiago Espinal is having a good spring. And as a guy who's kind of interesting, you know, Toppy is there. They're going to want to give Springer some days off. They're going to want to give, you know, Vlad DH at bats, Greg Bird DH at bats, uh, Guriel, Teoscar, you know, Bo eventually, Chapman DH sometimes. You know, he might he might not do it as much. Bo probably won't do it as much, but like um, the, that feels like that's how their roster is sort of shaping up, right? How they have a bunch of different, uh, you know, the pieces that fit in a bunch of different ways. Uh, even, you know, here on Thursday, we saw BGO in, in right field and Santiago Espinal at second, which, which you know, BGO made a nice play and he, he looked okay out there. Um, and that's something that they could do to get guys' days off. And, um, so that DH spot isn't really a DH spot, uh, now that they didn't sign Freddie Freeman, obviously. So that does make it even more difficult to get to get Kirk even a, a reps, you know, hitting, which is, you know is the least of his problems. Um, so yeah, it's just he's a he's a bit of an awkward fit, and and unfortunately, like him as much as everybody does, you know, I think that that's he's probably the guy who makes way when Moreno gets here, you know, not immediately, but down the line. Uh, I don't think he's going to be able to hold him off 
uh, and that eventually, you know, starting probably next year will be a Jansen Moreno uh, tandem, and hopefully we'll uh, we'll have heard the last of Reese McGuire. But for now, it's just sort of an imperfect fit, and um, they'll sort of figure it out as they go, I guess. Yeah, it, Kirk is really interesting. Like for another team to want him, he is of a particular flavor. So he's not necessarily like moving catchers in general is a little bit hard to do because you have to find a team that not only needs a catcher, but is trying to win. And it's unfortunate we live in a world where like that's a small subset of teams, Uh, but (laughs) that's the way it is. Um, So with with Kirk, you really have to find a a narrow fit and he's way too good to just, you know, jettison him for nothing. And like we're not even close to that point. Like that point assumes that like Moreno is really good and, you know, things that seem likely but aren't necessarily guaranteed by any means. But the long-term prognosis for him has always been a little bit odd because he's maybe a little bit more of a hitter than a catcher and you do have all these catchers available and the guys that you have, you know, if you call Moreno untouchable for now and Jansen, someone the team obviously really likes, it's it's difficult to make all the pieces work and it, it is hard to look into the future and see a concrete role for Alejandro Kirk, which is unfortunate because he's so much fun and he's great to watch and the bat is quite special, even regardless of position, just the way he's able to make contact with the ball and spray it. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know what the future holds for Alejandro Kirk. I guess their willingness to have three catchers now, even in the context of a normal sized bench, maybe bodes well for him because um, it's not something that they're firmly against at the very least. Yeah, no, I think that's that's probably true. And it's uh yeah, it's just and it just it gets t- it's tough now. I think right, like you want you want your catcher. You're if it's a if it's a minor leaguer, it's one thing. But if it's a big league player, you kind of you want him in your camp in spring training. You don't want to like trade him mid season and then be like, here, catch these guys you've never seen and talked to before. Um, so yeah, I don't know if we see a lot of those mid season trades uh, unless it's like you know the best of the best kind of guys. Um, but I could probably be wrong and, and, and I'm not absolutely, I'm not looking it up, but that just seems to be, be another complicating factor. And like you say, um, there's not a large, there's a subset of teams that are trying to win and the ones that aren't, uh, you know, he'll be around for a while, but I think a lot of teams have, you know, catchers who are perfectly adequate and, and maybe don't value, you know, what you might be able to get out of him with the flaws that he does have, but, uh, it'll be interesting to see how they do it. Uh, I just hope we don't see too much of McGuire. Yeah, that's uh, that's always a fair hope, I think, for just about anyone who watches the Blue Jays in any capacity. While we're grinding roster minutia, which I guess is a large percentage of the show in general, but feels like even more uh, lately because we've got spring training action to talk about, which isn't particularly exciting. Uh, Jose Barrios, named opening day starter. Uh, this does not seem like a surprise in any way, shape, or form. Like You generally get the uh someone who's already been there so i would have been surprised to see kevin gosman come in and get that nod right away brios is about as reliable as they come i mean you could nitpick the nitpick you could say is that brios is maybe more like steady than truly spectacular to talk to before which is that's just his reality that's not a criticism of him so maybe there are certain matchups where you wish that you had you know, I'd consider Gos- Gosman more of a high ceiling option potentially to match up against. I don't sure. know the like Garrett Coles of the world, but well, I don't. That, yeah, I don't think Barrios has had a, a, a half of a season like Gosman did in the first half last year, for example. Yeah, exactly. But you know, as nitpicks go, that is pretty nitpicky. <laughs> yes. Uh, no. Yeah. I mean, the, the. I mean, 
it's what's interesting to me, I think, is that, you know, Ryu's been here much longer and is, is the, the older guy. And, um, you know, he they, I'm not saying they're not correct and not looking at him, but, you know, sometimes that's uh, the teams bow to that. But uh, clearly they've they've passed the torch, as it were, uh, so much that there was even a torch to pass. Um, it would be interesting if Barrios had come in in the offseason and not midseason last year. So he's sort of part of it now anyway. So. Um, I think it makes sense. I think, it, but you know, they they could have been out there trying to sell us that that Ryu was, you know, the, don't don't pay attention to the last couple months of his season. He's still the guy that we uh, that we're paying twenty million dollars a year for, um, and they're not doing that. I'm uh, glad they're not doing that. I'm glad they are that, too. But I think that's that's telling that that we're all on the same page about uh, mm-hmm. you know what to expect there, and it could which could still be very good. And uh, Ryu, he's a fun guy to watch, and all those things, obviously. Um, but yeah, the, that fourth spot looks about right. Or is it, where is it? The third, whatever it is. I think they're doing the third and probably, third, Mano- yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would be surprised if Ryu is more effective than Manoa, to be honest. So that's your little being deferential is having him above there. The spots <laughs> don't mean as much. I feel like as they used to, because I'm not sure we're living in a world where you skip the fifth starter on days off and put, you know, like the Roy holiday times where somehow he would crop up with 36 starts in a season because every off day, like you were pushing him to the front of the line (laughs) and you were getting rid of whoever was the scrub at number five and you were limiting those starts. And I'm not saying that there isn't a big difference between Barrios and Kikuchi, for instance, because there is. Mm. Um, But I, I just think the way pitcher health is treated now, um, it, it would surprise me if that's something the Blue Jays did with any consistency. Yeah, I think for sure. I mean, I think they're going to look for our, for ways to get Kikuchi and, and Ryu extra extra days of rest, probably. Right? Like that's it's more it's more they'll be putting in even worse guys. You know, you'll, you'll see the odd Ross Stripling start, or maybe or maybe Nate Pearson. Though, <laughs> though, you know, maybe Nate Pearson has been a thing for quite some time, and it'd be nice to see him go a couple innings and not you know lose his command. Or lose the lose the zone. Yeah, maybe is one of the words most associated with Nate Pearson. <laughs> if you had one of those word webs with the different size words, I think maybe, uh, perhaps those would all be very much up there. Um, one thing I noticed today on the we got something on the lighter side and something on the darker side, and I never know how to order those things because the segue is always going to be awkward. So I'm going to start light, and that is literally because that's what I've written down here in a Google document, and for no other reason. <laughs> Um, I noticed Oscar Hernandez had the, uh, the t-shirt with the, um, last year was the trailer. Now you're going to see the movie, the Vlad quote. It seems clear to me that this is going to become a thing. Like this is going to be a thing with the Blue Jay season. And oh, I, yeah. I'm not the, the number one finger to the pulse type of guy, <laughs> but I still feel confident this is going to be a thing all year. And I, I just want to push back on it a little bit. One, here's two, <laughs> two things. One. I think it actually undersells the 2021 Blue Jays. Like, they were a really, really good team at the end. You know, a trailer's a couple minutes, a movie is, you know, a couple hours. The the distribution, that's not quite right for me because we saw a lot of a very, very good team. And if it hadn't been for, uh, you know, a Nats bullpen blowup that we've touched on multiple times here or mm. a Rays inability to score a run... These type of things, they you know, they were that close to being there. So I don't see the 2022 season as being this major progression from 2021. They've kind of backfilled the roles of Semyon and Ray. I know they have Barrios for the whole season. They have Manoa for the whole season. Like that's the real 
reason to kind of expect that they can be better. But they're, I don't know, the, the quality of the teams don't seem massively different to me, except this year we know it because we know what Vladdy is. And we know that Bo can carry that production forward over a full season, et cetera. So like we can be a lot more confident in 2022. I don't think the discrepancy is that much. Part two is that I think that the fact that Vladdy doesn't say very much that's, I don't know, notable, you know, through a translator too. So there's, you know, that, that filter, but I, he's not making an effort to make, you know, kind of splashy statements. That's not the personality he's shown so far um in public and through the media whether <laughs> that's see where this is going yeah i think that anything he says will be read as really cool it's like if he says something people are like wow oh vladdy said it and that's a big part of it like if ross stripling had said this for instance i feel like right. people would have been like eh okay cool whatever and i i know that the source matters but I think this particular quote and the way this is getting momentum and driving forward is very driven by sort of the thirst for us to get st- something from Vladdy. And this is something. And therefore, people are all on board. Yeah, okay. That's not where I thought. I thought you were going to be like, well, it's, you know, it kind of came out. It, it seemed could, it could be manufactured. Oh, you know, I think I it, 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 I think it is manufactured. Kind of thing, I think that's right? a given. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, what I would say, I suppose, is. Uh, if you view this, if you think that this, the the message is to specifically Toronto, then really, would they, you know, they were only in the city for two months, so that maybe makes the 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 trailer versus movie thing make a little bit more sense. And you know, I'm sure it's not about Adam Simber and Trevor Richards being there the <laughs> whole year, um, but there are you know there are enduring things, and you know, George Springer w- will ideally be more healthy this year. Um, you know, uh, you know, but the, I mean, that's not what you're talking about, but yeah, I think that there's lots of reasons to think this will be a better team and, and being at home is part of it. But I guess, I guess, and I, this is giving them a lot of benefit of the doubt. It's like, if you do think about, if you're speaking to the Toronto fans, if that's who it's sort of, you know, who didn't see them in person until, you know, July 30th or whatever it was. Um, okay. Maybe the trailer movie thing works a little bit. Okay, I, that's a generous reading, and to be fair, that wasn't is, yeah. wasn't the part that I was interpreting. Now, okay. now here's the the big picture thing on this is that like I'm a joyless bastard, and whatever you want to enjoy and is bringing good vibes into your life is something that uh, is a good thing in an obvious way. And I'm just one of the people who's inclined to you know nitpick a statement and be eye rolly, and that is a fault in myself. But I still felt the need to uh, examine where we are with the statement just because I've got this feeling that we're going to be hearing and seeing it again and again. Like the Blue Jays Twitter account, I feel, is going to post a lot of emojis that relate to movies. And we're going to (laughs) see, you know, lots of photoshops of maybe Blue Jays and red carpets. And I I don't know. I'm not in that world, but that's the type of stuff I see happening. And uh, it could be this. It could be this year's home run jacket. It could but maybe this year's home run jacket will be the home run jacket. Year, the new home, yeah, the new home run jacket. Yeah, yeah. I just I thought it was worth examining. Uh, I don't know. If, we don't have to have an official stance on it as a podcast, but okay. it needs to be addressed. I think uh, <laughs> maybe we'll revisit it later. It's fun. I don't know. It's a good quote. All right, there you go. <laughs> I'm fine with it. The so there you go. There's a lighter thing. The darker thing, and it, often we end up touching on stuff that's not quite in the fresh news cycle because it happens basically just after recorded last time but it's worth touching on the 
the Pete Walker DUI issue. And the reason it is, is, I mean, you know, we don't, we weren't there, don't have all the facts of the case, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, we're not going to break it down from that perspective. The part of it that is intriguing is sort of where do we go from here? And it seems like the Blue Jays are going with the let's let the justice system do its work. Let's let all the facts come to the fore thing. And that's worth looking at a little closer because I feel like we criticize when people do that all the time. Like people will do something and yeah, you know, they haven't been convicted for it, but it's a very credible allegation. Like this allegation against Pete Walker seems like a pretty credible allegation. We've got specifics on how fast the car is going in the zone. We've got specifics on him admitting to having, you know, saying that he had at least four beers or something in the report, et cetera. Not mm-hmm. all of this is ironclad. I'm not a legal expert, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But let's call it a credible allegation. When you have a credible allegation, we generally like to see teams, organizations get out in front of that, do something about that, and not really let the individual, if it's a serious matter, and I would consider this to be a serious matter, just continue to do their job. And it seems like the Blue Jays are saying, okay, we're going to push this aside and this will figure itself out and Pete will continue to do his job and we're just going to not really talk about this again. That's a vibe yeah. I'm getting. Yeah, it, definitely. And I think you're right. And I think the, you know, the league's done better on like domestic violence stuff. Um, but this is, a, this is a thing where it's, it, 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 I mean, it, it was just for, for years, it was extremely common. Uh, not just in society, but I think in baseball in general, right? I mean, it's not, I'm laughing, but it's not funny. But like that, that used to be the thing, and I don't think that that's, you know, that that shouldn't be a reason to not take it seriously because it is serious. And I have, I have seen you know responses like just like the full spectrum of like this is no big deal. Like people make mistakes. He owned up to it. He'll let, deal with the court. Let the courts deal with it. And other people's be other people being like, I can't believe they dropped the ball and are letting him still work without even a suspension. Um, and I, yeah, I, I have not had a, a good uh, response to that. To be honest, I, you know, I, I would be very fine if they, if they had suspended him. And I don't know for how long. I don't know what, I don't know what is warranted. The, the fucked up thing is, uh, this being such a common thing. Like MLB doesn't have, at least for players. I don't know if, if there's any difference for staff. But like they don't even have a drunk driving like a DUI policy. Like there, there's just there's no, you know, set number of things. Like you know, if you get. If, if certain if you do certain crimes or you know if there's certain things that happen there's a there's a defined policy of how that's going to be handled uh and this is not even enshrined in in that as far as i understand it. um and so yeah i i don't know i think i think that you're absolutely right that there you know what what you know non-ironclad but seemingly credible things we know about it are uh Worthy of more contemplation than than perhaps the Blue Jays have given it, yeah. And and I think that we might be, were this not, were this a different team, uh, we might be a little more upset about about what uh, what that is. Because I mean, 80, 82 and a forty five is one hundred and thirty and a seventy, which is fucking fast, which is uh, reckless. In even when sober, um, you know, and people speed, and I get it. Uh, but then also, you know, having four beers. But at least, and that's the other thing is admitting to four beers. We don't know what the real number is, but he admitted to at least that. Um, it's it's not it's not great. It's not great, and you know there. I think there's maybe I, I don't know if there's context. I don't, you know the road looks like a fucking highway, but I'm not going to to say that that makes anything any better. Um, and yeah, I mean I would have had absolutely no problem had they had they suspended him. 
I haven't been like banging the drum for them to do it. Um, but maybe that's just because I'm worn down from, you know, being around the sport for as long as I have and knowing some stories and knowing, you know, just how entrenched that is and just not having any expectation that it would be dealt with any differently. You know, Tony LaRusso still gets across the border and, and, and you know, there's there's you know, it, it's much less common now than it was. But it, 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 it was definitely a thing and always in spring training and always, you know, just so stupid. Like, what are you like? Why? Why you're you know there's enough money in that industry you can get a cab you can get an Uber so but you know it's very disappointing and uh, yeah I think treating it like it's not a big deal is a is a bad thing uh, and, and that the Jays are probably wrong there I suppose uh, is what I'm talking myself into because you know it's you know you talk to you talk to a lot of people who are like it's common and it's it's you know we did it when we were kids and if you go back to the 80s and 70s it was like not even considered a bad thing or you know not not to this level uh and then you know you talk to one person who's you know had their lives affected by somebody's yeah, that's the big difference right? like, and there's like and there's a lot of those people because this shit happens a lot and has forever and it's that's you can't stop it if you don't take it seriously it's yeah it's so easy to say something's not a big deal if you've, you've never been affected by it and yeah. uh there's a lot of people like you said have been affected by it I yeah I think I I would say I found the response to be pretty disappointing. Um, it seems like also it's complicated by the fact, and it really shouldn't be, but it's complicated by the fact that Walker is both very good at his job and very well liked. And I mm -hmm. feel like people, you know, whether that's from a media perspective or a team perspective, are disincentivized to kind of bring the hammer down on him. Whether again, whether that's with public scrutiny or whether that's with some kind of suspension because sort of everyone on every side of this likes Walker being where he is. And so the easy thing for everybody is to say, Oh, we'll let the legal system do what it does. Um, and that line always sounds logical, but the reason people go down that road often is not the right reason. It is because it is the easiest thing to do. And that's what's unpleasant to me here. That's the part that I find distasteful. And I'll be interested to see that in the in the future how the perception and the coverage of Walker changes. And I the, my, the cynical part of me, which is like ninety seven percent of me, uh, is inclined to believe that we're going to see a lot more coverage about how the Blue Jays handle pitchers, the name Matt Bushman coming up. Like on this podcast, we've talked a lot about how this was always bigger than Pete Walker and that like Pete Walker was great at his job, but there was a lot of moving parts and Bushman was one of those. And there's a lot of people whose names, you know, are not out in the public or we don't know. And you guys don't know who are part of it as well. Like it's a big mechanism and Walker is sort of the face of that. I wouldn't be surprised if when we talk about Blue Jays pitching in the future, people are more inclined to lean into that part of it. That's always been true but it's now it's more convenient that it's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that probably will happen. And, you know, um, you're, and it should have been happening before. Uh, but but yeah, you're probably right, because that that's what this all is about. The whole reaction is about convenience and, and brushing it away. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, seems dumb. Seems like a dumb thing to have done. Um, yeah, I think we can yeah, agree and, on and, that. And no, I don't, you know. I don't think it sends a great message to your organization that you're always saying is, you know, people first and very forward looking and, 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 uh, to just not care about this because the guy's too good at his job. 
Um, though I don't know that's why necessarily, but that's certainly what it sort of looks like. Though on the other hand, I mean, well, let's see, then you go down, I don't want to go down the road of like comparing cri the crimes, but I'm like, well, Reese McGuire didn't get a suspension, I don't believe. Um, little less dangerous. Didn't, didn't, didn't really put anybody's lives in yeah. danger, yeah. Reese McGuire's, I, I don't want to say, I was weird. about to say the sentence, weird. and I don't want to say the <laughs> sentence, but I guess because I said I was about to, I, might, I was about to say that Reese McGuire's crime is fine by me, and what I meant by that <laughs> is that it d didn't endanger anybody. But it, to yeah. be clear, it is not fine by me. No, uh, people don't, don't do Reese no McGuire's No have to things. walk by a car in a parking lot and, and uh, be exposed to that. It's gross. Uh, all right, let's get out of here on something that's not let's this. Please, uh, let's please fuck. <laughs> so one thing, just an around the league thing that kind of caught my eye this week is that, and I don't think it's necessarily been getting enough press, is that we are looking at the sticky stuff crackdown part two, and mm. uh, you know part one had some funny uh, moments. It had some people, you know, Max Scherzer getting all worked up. Some belts flying around, some you know weird stuff happening. People not really getting caught, but spin rates did go down for a while, and there was this sense that it was working. And at the end of the season, things kind of crept a little bit back up to where they used to be. And the whole thought was like, you know, we kind of gave ourselves credit for fixing this problem. Did we fix this problem after all? And it would have been quite easy, I think, for MLB to just sort of keep going like say okay we did the crackdown thing we brought this into the light and now we're cool and i think that probably would have been fine for a couple of years i don't think there wouldn't have been i don't think there would have been huge uproar about that but now we're we're trying to really get to this and th the funny part about this is they're saying they're going to focus on the hands now as if this yeah. is like a brilliant new idea <laughs> thing, it's right? like oh yeah. we were looking at the belts and the hats and stuff before like it never occurred to us to take a look at the hands of these guys where the where the shit is actually being applied. So it, it's funny to me that that's the brilliant new idea. What I don't know, I don't know what are we expecting <laughs> from this anything? Yeah, I you know, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it would that is insane. It's like I I assume if a guys out there using it, you touch his hand and you probably would notice if if there's sticky shit all over it. Um, so that does seem to have been an oversight in terms of their, uh, is it just their, about their not sleuthing? wanting to guys, not wanting to touch hands? Like, is <laughs> that what know. it's about is a toxic I mean, masculinity even, thing? It might not even need to, it might be just visible, um, depending on the, you know, the substance, but yeah, it, it's, it, it's, you know, it, it, I just, I don't care that much. Like they're going to, they should have just not done anything until they have like the tact ball, the pre-tact one that they're going to use. Uh, which you know Shapiro has talked about, or that they're they're working towards that they use in Japan, and then you know there you go, new ball, new season, new ball. I mean, they wouldn't they wouldn't dare you know screw around with the ball in the middle of the season, right? So, so yeah, I it, I don't know. It's it, it's it's not a fun part of the the game where they have to go do their little inspections. Um, I I understand the quest to like do anything you can to like not have pitchers just absolutely dominate the way they, they tend to. But um, I think, I, yeah, I, like do what you can and then you're stuck with it until you come up with a better solution. That's kind of where I'm at. Like, I, uh, and I think that the fact that, you know, the, the spin rates kept climbing as the season went on after that initial drop was presumably because they were, you know, I don't, I don't know that the league, you know, on mass figured out, 
oh hey this 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 thing that we've all are tr like trying to achieve this is you know get as much spin as possible uh oh we suddenly also figured this out like it's clearly they must have been uh finding ways around the inspections and, and finding alternatives to uh you know to to what had, they had been doing before and i don't know as long as it's not like you know what whatever the whatever that year the pitcher was was it 2011 i don't remember but like as long as it's not like just all strikeouts and there's, I don't know, I, I, I'm fine with it. I don't, I didn't care really in the first place though, that they, that they got rid of it. Um, I think that some of the, you know, like Tyler Glass now made a, a, an impassioned uh, speech about that. And then his arm blew up as soon as they, uh, uh, as soon as they got rid of the stuff. And, and I think that there's, you know, you know, doing it midstream, I think was stupid uh, because of the player safety issues. You know, you don't want guys, be you know just losing control of something because they're not used to the way that it's supposed to grip like it's it's obviously gripping the baseball is uh um it's not like it's not like i you or i or anyone listening would be you know they're they're it's it's a it's a it's a delicate sensitive you know it's a it's it has to be really particular you know to do their jobs correctly um so i don't know i don't i it didn't it doesn't bother me if they do it or not yeah uh, more power to you i guess if you can get away with it i don't know <laughs> i i mean i yeah the the silly thing for me was just the switching of the focus of the hands as if they'd never thought of it before that is insane yeah like that really should have been the first thing to do i think there will be some funny photographs of guys where it looks like the umps are reading their palms which i'd like to see <laughs> maybe people who are good at photoshop can figure that out some holding hands yeah i expect a few um, yeah, a few amusing images and hopefully it is more effective. I understand the inclination to, yeah, try and make it easier for offense in the game to thrive and bring strikeouts down. I'm not as anti-strikeout as some people are, but I get why some people feel that way. There's a lot of ways to attack that problem. It often seems like MLB doesn't necessarily choose the best ways to attack that problem. Um, I wouldn't mind messing around with the mound a little bit. Doesn't seem like they're really doing that much. Uh, that seems like the obvious way to, you know, kind of change the way velocity has affected the game. So, yeah, I mean, this is sort of a positive development, but I would be surprised if it has a major effect. The Blue Jays guy was always Jordan Romano in terms of that, um, to watch in terms of how his slider plays and whether he becomes more of a kind of a straight fastball guy as he was for much of last year. So mm -hmm. if you're a Blue Jays fan, definitely pay attention to how Romano does early in the year when he's not, he's got his little uh, injury concern right now. So hopefully, he'll, I think it, you know, they seem to indicate he's going to make that opening day roster, but you have something else to watch with him too. Not just his ankle, but are his pitches spinning? Uh, at the end of the day, yeah, I don't think it's going to be amazing. It's not going to be a story of the season. Probably not the way it was last year, where there was some high drama with Glasnow and with Garrett Cole, and for a little bit, it wasn't. It didn't last all season, but there was a time where it felt like the biggest story in the sport. I don't think it's ever going to feel like that this season, uh, even if we have some weird moments with it. Um, so yeah, good job MLB figuring out that hands are where <laughs> balls are thrown from. You did it. Well done. Well Another done. Another win for Manfred. <laughs> oh, he's racking them up all off season. <laughs> all right, we will we'll leave it with you guys there. Um, apologies for you know a bit of a tonal shift episode all over the place, but we're we're coming up on some real baseball soon, and it's getting exciting. And we hope that you guys will stick with us throughout the season. <laughs>